Well, greetings being Stephen Morrison here, author of the Conscious Politics Sunday newsletter and the voice of the Conscious Politics Wednesday audio edition where, who knows, maybe we'll expound upon something I wrote reasonably recently and or respond to some comments or questions that have come our way as a result of reading the newsletter, which you guys know I just love. We are a small community, small and growing community, and I really appreciate your uh, your engagement here on this particular subject. So today we're going to talk about the last two newsletter subjects, uh, and we'll just get right into it. So two weeks ago, I think it was, uh, we have a headline change. <laughs> the headline previously had to do with choosing between political power or political force, and I changed the headline, oh God, it's not in front of me, to uh, a surefire way for Democrats to dominate while Republicans become anti-democratic. And just a little side note about that as a one-man band here, writing and producing everything with zero uh, skills and ability for the most part. Uh, I suck at writing headlines. I just suck at it. So if you ever read a piece and think it could have a better headline, <laughs> please say so. Uh, but the technology allows us to make the changes. So I made that change. So surefire way for Democrats to dominate while Republicans become anti-democratic is 100% by taking responsibility. And so I just want to underscore that idea. Take responsibility is one of the concepts we work with in our individual personal lives. When we find ourselves blaming other people, situations, circumstances for what's going on in our lives, it's often legitimate in a way. It's just also incredibly disempowering. The moment that we take responsibility <laughs> is the moment that we become empowered. So this piece was about, hmm, what if an entire political party in this country did that? And maybe they really should do that or whatever they can do because at the moment, the other one has become brazenly anti-democratic. So for any of us, I'm certainly one who considers themselves a small d Democrat and just wants to live in the society that a lot of us thought we were living in and certainly want to live in, then taking responsibility is a way to gain power. So I've seen that happen in my own life. I've seen it happen in the lives of many, 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 many people over the course of a couple of decades of working with people as a spiritual workout facilitator. What happens when the willingness to take responsibility supplants the habit of blaming others. So I don't know. I'd sure like to see that on a national level, but I also want to just remind you guys that it's good practice all the time. And the other main piece, the main uh, idea in that piece for me, uh, and it's always the case, is that as we move into the new consciousness, we're not going to do it by doing anything that's steeped in the old consciousness. We're just not. So I'm asking and inviting people to start to become friends with doing things new and differently, newly and differently. You know, that whole thing about, well, 
The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Exactly. So always remember the willingness to take responsibility is what creates personal power. If it happens for us individually, it has to happen for us collectively. And let's just be friends with doing things in new and different ways. Okay, moving on to America is a lying sack. Well, this is all about intentions. Intentions are all about our desires and what we want. What do you want? What do you want? So what inspires this piece is everybody says, oh, we want freedom. We are free. We fight for freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. So they're saying that's what they want, but it's really not true. Now, for me, I just keep looking at it like, well, what's going on here? Why is this constantly happening? And then I came across um, Mencken's quote, and I threw it in there. And I just quoted it the way I found it. And he says that people are not wanting to be free so much as they want to be safe. I started writing in terms of safety and security. I didn't want to get too outlandish with what all that means. So I just chose, in the piece anyway, to let's just talk about being safe and let's talk about being free and making the point that they are not even remotely close to the same things. So I want to address two questions that came in. First, uh, from Holly, she, she wrote it on, uh, in the comments and asked about, you know, basically, I'm paraphrasing, the connection. If we're extending freedom to everybody, how does that connect to safety? So for me, it's really a very general idea and on a societal level, but it's basically, look, if, if I am free, let me reverse that. If I am afraid of my safety and security, if I think that I have something to fear from living my life, uh, that I have to prioritize safety and security. This is point number one. Sorry, I'm, I'll get to Holly's question in a minute. I skipped over this point. So point number one is that if I am somebody who is prioritizing safety and security, I'm already automatically not really free because my decision to prioritize my safety and security is rooted in some degree of fear. If I'm in fear, I am not free. It's that simple. Yet I might still be screaming about and promoting freedom, but in my personal life, I'm prioritizing safety over freedom. I'm saying it's more important for me to be safe than it is for me to be free. And that's the question I want everybody to ask themselves. Is it more important to you to have safety for you and or your tribe, family, community, etc.? Or is it more important for you personally that we have freedom for all of us? So if I transition from my place of fear and prioritizing safety and say, wow, there are a whole bunch of people, if I look through a lens of compassion, for example, who uh, don't have some things that I have and we're in the same society and they're wanting those things. 
let's say, uh, e they want it to be easy to vote. It's super easy for me to vote, but somehow my fear is inspiring me to prevent other people from voting. So I'm not free because I'm in fear, and now I am curtailing the freedom of other people, all the while while I'm fighting, quote unquote, for freedom and waving flags of freedom. So if I somehow get inspired to change and I get flooded with compassion and I think, oh my God, I've really been part of curtailing freedoms of other people in my society that I have, I'm now going to extend the same freedoms I have to them. Well, now I have nothing to fear. So that's, that's where the security is derived. As I choose to extend the freedoms I have to everyone in my society, I go from a place of not being free because I'm afraid that's why I'm ramping up safety and security. I go from that to not having to fear anything because now everybody has what I have. They're happy. They're not protesting. They're not threatening me in any way. But look what I have to do in order to create all that. So that's one place where this dynamic really plays out. And if you ask me, it's no more complicated than, oh, everybody's kind of feeling safe and secure, feeling like their rights are being honored. And so there's kind of no problem. You know, when we talk about the whole subject of police reform and funding and defunding and refunding and all of those things, you know, one of the descriptions I heard along the way is, look, everybody just wants what a whole bunch of people actually have, which are quote unquote, nice, good, safe neighborhoods where, yeah, there's, there are cops there. There's a police station, but they're sort of in the background. People here, uh, their needs are being met. They are in and of themselves feeling high levels of safety and security. So this idea of extending that kind of freedom to everybody means that it reduces, if not eliminates, the fear that drives the need for the safety and security. That's pretty much, for me, the connection between my extending freedom to others who don't currently have it makes me more free because I'm, I've moved out of my fear. So, I have no idea if that made any sense, and you'll let me know. Also, not written in the comments, because she was having trouble with that, uh, somebody who read this piece and who knows me uh, communicated this question, uh, and she said, can you please define, quote, safety, both how the rest of the world might define it and how you define it in conscious terms. Okay, so I pretty much had a feeling this question would come, not at all surprising, and it speaks to, uh, or it helps us to understand this issue, I think, a little bit better. 
So just now we're talking about, well, hey, if we provide the quote-unquote good neighborhood experience to every neighborhood in America, then aren't we all just more free? I'm saying yes. And yet still individually, there are human beings who in that scenario will still find reasons to fear and will still find reasons to want to prioritize their safety and their security. So my first response to this question about defining fear is I, Stephen, am probably not the best person to do that because I don't live in fear and I don't have fear in those ways. And that's my point. So even if every neighborhood in America is good and the freedoms that people are still asking for in 2021 in America are granted and everyone is comfortable and easy, might some individuals still have fearful thoughts? Yes. So the idea how to define how to define the safety and what makes a person safe is up to the person. How to cultivate safety and security within a person is up to the person. I cannot give you freedom. I can provide the space in which you can be free. We as a society can provide the space in which our citizens are free to pursue their happiness if we choose, but we can't impose that experience on individuals. So freedom as an ideal for us to cultivate more and more and more of, if you ask me, yeah, bring it. I want to be more free. I personally, so back to this question, do you prioritize safety and security over freedom or do you prioritize freedom over safety and security? I'm happy to talk to anybody as a human being who has chosen to prioritize freedom over safety and security. Not right here, not right now, but anytime. There's so much to say about that. The main point of this piece, though, is let's just be honest about where we are. I've been saying for years and years, you know, people say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. What I say is the road to heaven is paved with honest intentions. And we have not been honest as a society about our place in the world as champions of freedom because most of us are more concerned about safety and security and we cannot be that concerned about safety and security if we're not entertaining some level of fear. If we are in fear, we are not totally free. So let's just be honest about who we are as a society. Until next time. Peace out, people.